I really want to focus in today on this question of how has God been faithful to you? And so what I want to do today in the sermon, sermon which will be a little bit shorter, um, because we had some testimonies and communion and other stuff, um, I want to look at God's faithfulness in the Old Testament uh, briefly, and talk about God's faithfulness in the New Testament, and then I want to come back to you and I'm going to ask that question for you to think about, and encourage you even to either you know, scribble down on your bulletin or in your Bible an answer, uh, or journal if you get home, or even you could type it in your phone, you won't get in any trouble for doing that. But how has God been faithful to you? For some of us, that uh, answers to that may come to mind quickly. Uh, for others, um, we may just draw a blank. Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful that as we hear about God's faithfulness in Scripture, and primed by these stories from Robin and Linda about God's faithfulness in their life, that God will bring to mind some of those ways for one, that we might be thankful. For two, that we might, as both these ladies said, be encouraged and find hope that the God who has been faithful uh, will continue to be faithful in the things that we face moving forward. So I want to start um, this morning in the Old Testament with Deuteronomy 32. That was our call to worship, which uh, basically it is a call to worship to say, let's praise the Lord. Because God is a God of faithfulness, without injustice, righteous, and upright. So that names God's faithfulness. Uh, but as I leave that up there, what I want to uh, remind you of is uh, how that manifests itself in the Old Testament. Every time I can think of in the, the Old Testament scripture, when God's faithfulness is described, it is connected somehow to uh, the covenant, which is just a, a big word for God's promise to humanity. Um, there were um, initial signs of that after the fall uh, in his promise to Adam and Eve. There was some indication of what God would do in his promise to Noah after the flood. But the big and, and spelled out promise of God or covenant was with Abraham. Um, and, and that promise was uh, he would be Abraham's God and he would give to Abraham a land that God had promised. That's why we call it the promised land. Uh, many descendants, numerous as the stars and the sand at the beach. And God would bless Abraham and his descendants so that they might bless all the nations of the world. This was the working out of those uh, short form promises to, to Adam and Eve. Um, that they, despite their, their fall and their sin, they had not wrecked the world. God had a plan. Uh, the, the covenant with Noah, that despite the, the great judgment, God would not do that again. God had a plan. But, but in Abraham, God starts to spell out this, this promise of a, a land and of a multitude that will eventually be from every nation because part of that blessing was to bless the world, not just Abraham's family. So the story, if you read the Old Testament, kind of read it through, is the story of God's faithfulness. It's also the story of the unfaithfulness of his, his partner, Israel. And if anything, that just ser serves to highlight just how faithful God is. Because Abraham was the first that God made all these promises to. Even Abraham um, disobeyed and turned away from God. And yet God kept being faithful to him. And Isaac and Jacob and the, the children of Israel um, would time and again disobey, turn away from God, even reject God outright, start worshiping other gods. Um, but God was always faithful. And so when you read these Psalms that name God as faithful, that's what's in mind. 
is God has been steadfast and faithful despite our own, the people of Israel, turning from God. He never fails us. He never turns away. He always pursues us and comes after us. To the point even, and I referred to this last week, we were looking uh, at Deuteronomy 5, which is the, the second giving of the Ten Commandments. I'll just briefly remind you why that was necessary. Is because the first time in Exodus 20, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, he brought them down the mountain only to find the people of Israel had made a golden calf and were worshiping it instead of God. And they continued to doubt God and question God so much in the wilderness that God said, um, you're going to wander for a little bit more and it'll be your children, the next generation, that actually come into the promised land. So in Deuteronomy 5, they renew the covenant. God had said he's going to bring us to the promised land and we pledge to be God's people and be faithful. Right before that, in Deuteronomy 4, as they are going through the ritual to um, renew that covenant, think of a renewal of marriage. They're like redoing the vows with God. God says to them, your fathers, your grandfathers were disobedient, um, but I love them. So because I love them, I love you, and I will be your God, and I will give you these same covenant promises. And then God says, I even know that after I bring you to the promised land, which I'm going to do, you're going to turn away from me and lose it all. This is all in Deuteronomy before it happens. And he says, even then, I am your God. I will not leave you or forsake you. Even then, if you seek me, you'll be found. And, and he, he predicts this, even that mass unfaithfulness that leads them into the exile. This is getting on through the second half of the Old Testament. God says, I will welcome you home. God is always faithful. And so throughout the, the songs and the prayers of the people of Israel, they are often praising God for his faithfulness because they know just how steadfast and loyal to that covenant, to that promise God has been because he demonstrates it over and over again. I mean, that's good news for us because if you're anything like me, you are anything but 100%, 24-7, 365, faithful and obedient to God, right? We mess up. We sin. We do the things we wish we hadn't done. And yet God's example to us in the Old Testament and his word to us is that his mercies are new every morning. They never cease. Day after day, God's mercies are new. There's not just a second chance with God. There's a third and a fourth and a hundredth. God is faithful. There's always the, the invitation, come to me, observe what I've said is good for you. If you don't, it's not safe. It's not healthy. But God always is inviting to himself and running after us. So that's the Old Testament description of God's faithfulness. Uh, I want to look at the new uh, from our passage in 1 Corinthians 1. In a nutshell, <clears throat> all that was true about God in the Old Testament, about this covenant with Abraham, keeping his promises, all finds focus in Jesus Christ. It's not a new covenant or a New Testament as if the old one has gone away and this is a whole new thing. It's actually Jesus is the, the fulfillment of the promise. And Jesus even says this at the end of his sermon on the mount or in his sermon on the mount in Matthew 5. He tells the crowd after he's gone through the Beatitudes, I haven't come to do away with the law and the prophets. That is all of the scripture, the Hebrew scripture. He said, I've come to fulfill it. All those things that God promised to Abraham I'm no longer quoting him, now I'm commenting on it. Um, all those things God promised to Abraham, I am fulfilling them. God promised um, 
a, a land. And I'm here to tell you the kingdom of God is here among us. That's your land. It's not the city of Jerusalem anymore. It's, it's being with God in his holy kingdom. The, the many descendants, yes, God has blessed you. But Jesus ushers in the, uh, the welcoming of the Gentiles, the whole world, to all who believe in him. I mean, just throwing wide the gates to that or what God had attended originally, that through Abraham, all the nations of the world will be blessed. That happens in Christ. And that's, that's part of the, um, the drive in Acts as the church expands. That it is for the whole world, neither Jew nor Greek, male or female, slave or free. All are welcomed in Christ. That, that is that original promise to Abraham being kept in the most complete sense. Um, there was a later covenant in the Old Testament to King David that one of his descendants would sit on the throne. And it was always imagined that God would restore the earthly kingdom of Israel. But as you read the beginnings of Matthew and Luke, these long genealogies, you're like, why are those there? The whole point is to demonstrate that Jesus is descended from King David. Again, that he is the fulfillment of all those Old Testament promises. But he's not ushering in an earthly kingdom of Israel. He is announcing the kingdom of God here on earth. And if you look at what he taught, that's exactly what he does. It's the thing he talked about more than just about anything else. The kingdom is here, and he is the king. So as we look at 1 Corinthians, uh, it's it's not explicitly talking about uh, covenant stuff, but after all this that we have gained in Christ, right, the grace of God, access to God, um, salvation, um, the gifts of God, It all ends with this phrase that God is faithful. Again, hearkening back to that, God keeps his promises. And we now know they're all kept most completely, most fully in Jesus Christ. So what are some of those? Um, We are heirs. We are part, most of us Gentiles here. We're part of that promise that God said, I'll come after all the peoples of the earth uh, to invite you home. We are citizens of the kingdom of God in Christ. We are saved. We are delivered from sin and death through Jesus Christ. Um, All these things are expressions of God's faithfulness. So I want to end with this question of how has God been faithful to you? You may have something that comes to mind again, and I, I I would encourage you to write it down somehow, even if that's texting to yourself. And maybe that's just naming it now and then later this afternoon or night. Think through like the details of that, like these two ladies have done. Um, you know, they probably quickly could have named these events in their life, um, but I, you know, that they took time to think through how was God present in that? How did that show to me God's faithfulness and give me hope? Whatever God may bring to mind, take a little time with it today and think through that. If your mind right now looks like this screen and it's one big blank, um, I have a few prompts to maybe help. Uh, help you think of some things. Here are just a few uh, from the Old Testament we looked at from uh, 1 Corinthians. We looked at some of the the ways that God has kept his promises to us through Christ. Hopefully this might bring some things to mind. We have access to not a distant and remote God, but to a heavenly father in prayer. We have the privilege of prayer and knowing that God listens to, God hears our prayer. Sometimes, as a good parent will do, God says no to what we pray. Sometimes um, it is a waiting process to see how God answers the prayer. Sometimes God says yes, but God hears us as a loving parent would, with our best interest in mind. And God hears and sees uh, what we need most. 
We have citizenship in the kingdom of God as a real sense of, of belonging and purpose, and it defines the kind of life that we live. All the characteristics we've been looking at for a couple of months now about what is the kingdom like. Well, it's, uh, it's merciful, it's kind, it's just, it's righteous, it's distinct in the world. All of that belongs to us in Christ, and that is God keeping his promise. Um, we are his people. Um, a little bit different than citizenship in the kingdom, we have belonging in the community of faith, the church. We have a home. We have a people. Um, nothing like a, a, a chili cook-off to help you really feel that, right? These, it's, it's a meal together. We share meals. We, we serve the Lord together. We sing and pray together. We struggle and cry together. You have here or any church where you connect. You have a home in Christ. Um, these you know, spiritual things that we talk about all the time, they are uh, certainly real and tangible. Forgiveness, redemption, mercy, and grace. And again, as, as I reminded us from Ecclesiastes, uh, no lamentations, uh, they are new every morning. God is faithful. So even when we are not, we have this, this rock uh, to come to. Our identity, our calling, and our purpose are all in Christ. We are shaped. We're given new names. We're giving, given new purpose all because of Christ. And that is an expression of God's faithfulness and keeping promises to us. The Holy Spirit. We have, uh, through God's Spirit, His presence, comfort, conviction, gifting, uh, many other things. Because the Holy Spirit, God promises to be in us and in our life. That is God keeping His promise and, and offering us His blessing in Christ. And then we're blessed in order to bless others. Whether you frame that in terms of uh, loving our neighbors that Jesus taught or the, um, you know, the, the charge to Abraham and his children um, that they are blessed and called out to bless the nations of the world. That is part of God's design um, is that we would do unto others as God has done to us, that we would be a blessing people. So these are just some of the ways uh, that, that God has been faithful to us. And I wonder then specifically, can you think of examples in your own life of yeah, God, God was there. God was involved. God led or directed or answered or responded or cultivated in me something that I would describe as faithfulness. And I hope in naming that and then pondering it today, you will, as Linda and Robin have said, find encouragement and hope um, and just the knowledge that God will continue to be what he has always been, and that is faithful and good. Amen.